Hey, this is Jordan Harbinger from The Art of Charm, and you're listening to Daddy-O FM. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of Daddy-O FM. It features one of the inspirations for this podcast, and there are a few other podcasts that really helped me get through a tough time, and I will mention them at the end of the show. But it was Jordan at The Art of Charm that really started me on a path of self-discovery, productivity, and basically getting my life back in order. However, and I do apologize for the delay between shows, but the old fear that held me back for so long came roaring back, and I did everything I could to put off even listening to this episode, let alone editing it and putting it out. I sound emotional and nervous, which upon reflection is not surprising since not only am I about to have one of the top podcasters in the business on my fledgling show, but I'm about to bear my soul to him and to the world. But after hearing a quote on another podcast, I realized that I not only owe it to myself to get this episode out, but I owe it to you, the listeners, to get this episode done. Because The Art of Charm has so much useful information and so many great shows that I know if you listen to it, it will improve your lives, your businesses, and your relationships. So the quote was from Neil Gaiman, and if you haven't heard his commencement address, make good art, make sure you do. And I quote, the moment that you feel just possibly you're walking down the street naked, exposing too much of your heart and of your mind, and what exists on the inside, showing too much of yourself, that is the moment you might be starting to get it right. So, in that spirit, please enjoy the latest episode of Daddy OFM. Hello and welcome to Daddy OFM, broadcasting live from West Hollywood, California. Joining us today from San Francisco is podcaster and my virtual mentor, Jordan Harbinger. We'll be talking positivity, creativity, and the art of charm. I'm your host, Jonathan Bukalel, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, Jordan, and welcome to Daddy OFM. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I'm in a hotel, so I hope I sound okay. <laughs> you sound great, and thanks again for coming on. I firstly just wanted to say a huge thank you to you and everyone at The Art of Charm. And um, it's no exaggeration to say that you not only gave me the confidence to start this podcast, but in many ways saved my career and my life in many ways. You know, I was in a very dark place with depression and struggles with ADD, frozen in my career. And then I discovered The Art of Charm and your ideas on positivity and authenticity networking and building a brand of brothers really helped me so i wanted to say a big thank you yeah my pleasure man i'm glad to hear that you know a lot of people listen to the show but not everybody writes in and says how it affected them so i, I appreciate that man no, it's a pleasure it's a pleasure and um in in your know, world where creatives can be frozen and feel isolated i found that uh out of charm gave me the action steps to be able to put your ideas into 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 interaction and um, so to, to borrow from you, I wondered if you could uh, tell us what you do at The Art of Charm in one sentence. Sure, yeah. A lot of people love to steal that line. I almost regret, I almost regret coming up with it. Um, 
But uh, out of necessity, I had to. You know, what I do, I'm the co-host and the co-founder of The Art of Charm, which is both a podcast and a school. And uh, the school's here in L.A., or there, I should say, in L.A., and we teach people from all over the world body language, nonverbal communication, networking, persuasion, uh, and relationship management skills. So it's, it's, of course, in line with the show, what we teach at The Art of Charm, but also goes really in depth with our students. And so I guess I'm a coach, host, and trainer. Yeah, and it was amazing to find you. I think I think I first heard of you on the Adam Carolla show, and I just I just came over a bad enter relationship, and I'm like, I might need to brush up on my skills of, of meeting a partner, and then and then I listened to it, and 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 basically I feel that the idea is was to be your authentic self, and then that um, kind of grew into putting that towards business and and um, and work. And then I started to listen more and more and more and more, and I found myself just getting out of this, you know, hole that I was in with each guest that came on. And so, could you give us some of your ideas and thoughts on, on, on just say, positivity and negativity? Sure. I mean, look, positivity, negativity, they're, they're kind of these weird buzzwords that people throw right. around where, like, you should never be negative, and it's just... <laughs> Uh, but positivity does have a lot of merit, and I'm not saying you have to do it instead of being negative, unless, of course, you have a negativity bias, which a lot of high performers do, right. because we're, we're so self-critical. So I would say looking at everything, looking at negativity as, a, as sort of a shadow of positivity, uh, to, not to get too metaphorical here, but you can't have a shadow without light, right? So in negativity, I think a lot of people who get carried away with it, they're like, everything is terrible, you know, and that's kind of what depression does to you, right? It's everything is awful. But what you realize when you when you're creative is you can't critique your own work to unless you have work to critique. And, you know, <laughs> th the things that you're critiquing, you might say, oh, it's awful. I can't do this. And it's terrible. And the truth is, you're still creating something and you're still getting better every time that you do it. So I, I think for me, the, the trick for me has not been to sort of dive into the cult of always be positive <laughs> all the time for no reason. That For me, the key has been, look, keep things in perspective. It's got to make sense to you. It's got to be something that you can that you can use as a tool, yeah. using negativity as a tool and to critique yourself and get better, not as a stick to beat yourself with. Yeah, and I, and I, and I first heard of the idea of the imposter syndrome on your show, and, and, and I struggled with that for years and years and years, and then I, was, I thought I was the only creative person that thought of themselves as an imposter. But once I heard on, the sh on your show and that other people also struggled with this idea and, and that, 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 that they weren't good enough and listening to that bad voice in their head constantly criticizing themselves, I was finally able to get out of that and believe in myself again as a creator. And like you say, I just started to create again and, and look at the work I've done and, and appreciate it. Well, it's funny because people always think, oh, you know, I feel like an imposter. I feel terrible. Uh, I can't do this. I, I don't belong here, blah, blah, blah. And then when you survey high performers yeah. at Harvard, Yale, or even executives, it's like 98% of the room feels yeah. the same way, which is so once you start to put that, once you start to put that in context, you start to think, well, okay, wait a minute. If everybody feels the same way, then we're not only are we not imposters, but this is just how you feel when you're here, when you're in the room. Right, and and then the mind just goes on and on, and to feel, and to find out that it is so common, 
and to, to listen to the podcast, it, it came out time and time and time again. And I used, started to use things like meditation, which I'd never thought of before, but it was like meditation without the bullshit, you know, training your mind right. to just observe the thoughts and, and, and not let them get to you and, and that they come and go. And, and, that, and I think meditation is the one thing that you recommend. I do, yeah. I, I used to be one of those like, oh, meditation, what a bunch of crap, you know, you don't need it. And that was because the way it was being sold yeah. to everyone was, you know, it's focus on the light and, you know, all this other stuff. And it, it, it's like the only people who were looking at meditation were selling this weird brand of hippie transcendental right. stuff. Whereas for most of us, or I should say for many high performers, who I know that use meditation, it's simply a way of increasing focus. It's like mm. lifting weights. I mean, I, I, I'm looking at it now, and it would be like if somebody told you, hey, you have to lift weights, and the only way to do it is to do one of those weird 80s workouts where you're like throwing them up in the air and doing a backflip <laughs> and catching it or something like that, right. or like some sort of, and you've got to wear these clothes when you do it, and you've got to do it with Richard Simmons, most people who now lift weights would be like, hell no, I'm not doing that, right? Or you have to work out on yeah. Muscle Beach with a Speedo on. Right. You wouldn't do that. But now that you know there's another way, you're looking at med I'm looking at meditation like working out where I go to LA Fitness and, you know, get my sweat on and, you know, that's it. Where, where now I, I'm able to do meditation in the same way. I open up an app or I, you know, take five or 15 or 20 minutes and I do a focus exercise and it's not, I'm not thinking about the existential questions while I'm doing it. I'm just mm. chilling the hell out and it becomes a tool instead of a cult. Yeah. And, that, and you know, that brings me straight into focus, which was one thing, and I know you mentioned your, your, you, that you've had struggles with ADHD, uh, and focus is one of the hardest things to get to. But from listening to the advice of a lot of people on your show, I finally managed to gain focus and to finish tasks and, and things like that. Can you, can you talk about that for us? Yeah, I... I've, I've definitely struggled with ADD my whole life. And, and by struggle, I mean, look, when I was younger, they didn't even really know what it was. Because since I wasn't a bad kid, yeah. I didn't get diagnosed with ADD, really. They just thought, mm. like, oh, he's sometimes he's bad, sometimes he's okay. But And I had good grades because I had sort of figured out coping strategies, like right. working three hours on a 40-minute assignment <laughs> to get it done um, and taking breaks and stuff like that. But, you know, when I got to college, I had a girlfriend who had ADHD brothers. And she's like, you're just like all my brothers. You right. definitely are ADD. It's just ridiculous. And so I was like, I don't even know what that is. One day she fed me one of her pills and I was like, oh huh. my God, this is how normal people <laughs> feel all the time. I should have, I should be, I should be the president of the United States by now if all I right. had this medication my whole life, you know, it was amazing. And so I took that for a long time and then I read that it was bad for you and I started to feel like I was, you know, really dependent on it and the, those those substances beget other substances and right. things like that too because you, you think well hey this cocaine is just like my Adderall you know <laughs> and except more intense and more fun and it's just like you start to rationalize and I'm not saying everybody who takes AD, Adderall drugs uh, or ADHD drugs becomes a cokehead and I didn't either but the idea is can I really not function in society at all without taking medication? That seems highly unlikely. Mm. I've had a pretty successful life. So I stopped using it. Mm. Um, and I, and that was right about the time I stopped using it was right about the time I started Art of Charm. And I realized 
I don't need it to focus. Yeah. I need it to focus on things I fucking hate, <laughs> you know, and I'm not sure if I can swear on your show. Of course show, you can. So I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I, so I just realized like, oh my gosh, you know, if I didn't have to sit still, look at math problems or whatever it was, mm. and I can do my job, which is talk show host. I can, because I have, look, one thing they say ADHD people can't do is read. Uh, very right. well. And I, I was with you. When I was reading legal cases, I had to take Adderall or I was hopeless. Right. I can I can read books all day now yeah. because I'm actually interested in them. I, what you can't do is read when you hate the subject matter or you couldn't be less interested. If you really are, if you're ADHD and you're focused on something or you're, you've got purpose in what you're doing, you'll find it a lot easier. And, and just ask any person who's ADD, what they what they love doing, and you you know half the time you'll hear something like, oh well, I, I mean I have no problem concentrating when I'm playing guitar, yeah, or I have no problem concentrating when I'm painting. Oh, yeah. I have no problem concentrating when I'm when I'm doing computer programming stuff. And it's like, okay, so are you? Do you really have a disorder, or you, do you just have trouble focusing on things that you find pointless? Because I, I know a lot of people who have ADHD that are really, really good at a lot of things. Mm. It's just not what they, it, they weren't good in school. Right. And, 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 because it's not set up for us, you know? Yeah. And when you said that, that when you first took the medic medication, you suddenly understood what, I, what it felt to be normal. And and I felt the same way when I when I first started. And I've also found that, that that the brain can be trained. And once you get into this rhythm of focus and and the idea of completing tasks, that that everything becomes easier and easier. And you and you rely less on the medication and and, and don't want it anymore and don't need it. But it, but it's like when you find something you love. Again, like doing this podcast, I'm sitting up until two in the morning editing and I'm loving it and just loving doing this now. And I love my photography again because I'm going back to the, my more authentic work rather than just trying to, to do things to make money. And so I've, I've, I've found that, that, you know, getting that focus again and relying less on the medication and doing things I love has really been a great way to, to make uh, the ADD not even notice it anymore. Yeah, it, it is. It's a really good way to get a quote unquote, get around it. Yeah. And I have noticed that a lot of artistic people who are really talented tend to have quote unquote ADHD, yeah. you know, and athletes and things like that. And I'm just like, well, maybe it's not a disorder. Maybe yeah. some people are just like that and they don't fit in well in school where everybody's supposed to sit still and read stuff that they don't like and then, you know, answer multiple choice questions about mm. it. Yeah, and, and, is, and don't get me wrong, I did really well at that stuff. Right. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that it, it was easy. I always know? got the could try harder, but I think that's because I just couldn't focus on, on, on these things. And, but now when you learn certain techniques and using the med meditation to calm the mind and all that sort of thing, I'm just finding it, it's much easier to, 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 get, through, to get through life, be much happier with my, my, with my productivity and everything going forward with that. Sure, yeah, yeah. naturally. And so another thing I want to touch on, which which really opened my mind, was was networking and uh, you, you, your idea of of uh, uh, no scorekeeping being and, and not doing one thing in order to, to do another. And I and I look back on my life and uh, and I f I realized that even if it was just a tiny tiny bit, that maybe I was employing the the I'm going to do this in order to to to, go, to do that. But once I let it go and and just did things freely and without um, wanting anything in return, 
I found that my network just started to, to grow and, ex and explode, basically. Yeah, it, it all comes down to, well, I shouldn't say that. That's, an over, that's a generalization. Right. A lot of it comes down to giving value to other people. And I don't mean yeah. that, in the, as you know, I don't mean that in that vague, nebulous way. I mean, proactively reaching out to people that you know you can help, yeah. even if the only help you're giving them is connecting them to somebody else. For example, if somebody said, man, I, I need a photographer in West Hollywood area or in L.A., I wouldn't say, oh, well, I'm not a photographer in L.A., so I can't help you. What right. I would do is say, oh, you got to talk to Jonathan because he's right out there, and if he doesn't do it himself, maybe he knows someone, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that makes it really easy and really scalable because networking is very scalable if all I'm doing is introducing people to, each, to other people in my network and not having to, quote, unquote, help them myself in, mm. in the physical way, right? Like I don't have to learn photography to help that person or be a photographer to help them. I can refer them, right? And so pe once you start thinking of that, of things that way, it becomes really scalable and really easy. And then once you st think of your network as an asset that you're constantly investing in and developing, it becomes a lot easier because if, if you're going, if, say you're around a bunch of different, uh, of different folks, and you find out that they're all in the oil industry, you're probably going to go, uh, I'm not going to get a whole lot out of this for my career, right? <laughs> but you, it, and it would be very easy at that point, and a very amateur person would say something like, oh, well, in that case, I'm just going to ignore these people or do my own thing or leave early or something like that. But a professional, a, really, a, a guy who's in the know when it comes to networking would say something like, oh, all right, here's a good chance for me to meet people in an industry that I'm not that familiar with so that when this does need to be a thing or when I need to introduce people or even if I just learn something while I'm here, it's worthwhile. And a, a better example might not even be the oil industry, right? Maybe I happen to be in a group of photographers. What do I care? I mean, it's interesting. It's artsy, but it's not going to help my career, right? right? But then I meet somebody like you and you're talking about that and I'm thinking, oh, you know what? I know a bunch of photographers up in San Francisco. I should introduce you guys because you're both in the same, I don't know, sub industry or you're both, you know, deal with this type of photography. Right. It becomes an asset and a asset and a value add to you and to them. And so when you start thinking of everybody I meet is going to be an asset to somebody else in my network, not just they're going to be an asset to mm. me, it starts to get a lot easier to see the value in interacting with totally different diverse groups of people. Yeah, and even with with the with the podcast, which is becoming a great network, I've had people listen to the podcast, listen to uh, uh, some of that they've heard on there, being able to connect them together, and with no benefit to me, but just glad to put these two together, and and it's just really gratifying to see that happen and and what they get out out of it, and this kind of brings me on to an idea that I got from Art of Charm was the idea of a band of brothers. And in a world where, you know, it's all email, it's all computers, it's all home offices, and there's not, there's not the, the connection you once had with people. But I've realized that to have people in your life, a band of brothers, someone that, you, that will hold you accountable and, and, you know, and just to have a, a group of people around you that, that you can trust and download to has been so helpful and important. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, look, the reason that we do the show is so that people can get useful tools. Mm. And so if that's not happening, I got to go back to the drawing, <laughs> right? 
Yeah, exactly. And it has been very, very useful to me. And just before you go, because I, I wanted to thank you again for giving us the time on, on Daddy OFM. It's been really great. And I want to thank you again, Jordan, because your show has been instrumental in turning my life around. And I encourage everyone to get into podcasts and, and listen to The Art of Charm. But can you just tell us a bit more about uh, the boot camp that you have going? Sure, yeah. So the live programs are in L.A. Guys come from, well, people come from all over the world. It's a residential, so you stay on site for the week, and we dissect verbal and nonverbal communication, the way you sit, stand, walk, and talk. We videotape you interacting, and we coach you and tweak that. And we also teach you how to make connections and manage relationships. There's a dating element for the single guys and, you know, of course, for the married guys, less so. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we, we've been doing and that we run those every week, and we've been doing that for about nine years. And uh, we sell out a few months in advance, but it's guys come through and get really big changes. And not only do we see just your average Joe come through there, but we see a lot of executives from companies like Google, Microsoft, Apple, get a lot of special forces guys from the U.S. Uh, and other countries as well. Intelligence agencies send their people through as well. So it's wow. a it's a pretty comprehensive program. We really and deep with people and teach them how to make connections and keep them and so it's for high performers it's kind of a must yeah well it's definitely on my to-do list and one last thing i um sure. I, I know it began as mostly for guys but i know you have a lot of female guests on and i know you have a lot of female listeners can you just speak to that about how this apply, does apply to to men and women yeah you know we started off teaching just teaching guys mostly dating skills because i started this 10 years ago i was yeah. 20 20 friggin six years old or something <laughs> like that you know so uh 25 so that's what i was interested in but of course as i've evolved and grown so is the show and so what we talk about now applies to men equally as it does to women relationship networking persuasion skills how to negotiate your salary um, nonverbal communication and stuff like that really does we, we use gender-neutral language now for the most part yeah. so um, but we still you know we still teach men things that only guys can teach other guys yeah. um, through, through learning through hard knocks but our we call them AOC sisters our <laughs> AOC sisters are more than welcome uh, even even when we're talking about stuff that's specific to guys, they're more than welcome to, you know, apply it to their situation or just be a fly on the wall. But we're starting to speak more and more to women because I think that, look, there's no point in separating these useful skills by no. gender because it's it does apply to both and there's just no reason to ignore that. Yeah. Well, listen, Jordan, I got my, my podcasting goal is to one day be on your show, to be good enough to be invited on. But I wanted to thank you once again. As you've been a huge influence and a great mentor, even though we've just met on, online today. But thanks again, and I look forward to your next show. Thank you, man. I right, much mate, appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jordan, and his podcast is, of course, The Art of Charm. It is the number one podcast in management and marketing, so it was a huge get for Daddy OFM, and it really goes to show Jordan really believes in what he does and was authentically happy to come on. So I really recommend subscribing, and I'll tell you some of my favorite episodes in a few. But I also wanted to let you know about some of the other podcasts that, that I listen to that really helped me in work and business and life and in productivity and networking and all of the above. The first one would be uh, The One You Feed by Eric Zimmer and Chris Forbes, which really helped me with depression and being more positive on a daily basis. It's based upon a parable which is generally attributed to the Cherokee Indians, which says, 
A grandfather is talking with his grandson, and he says there are two wolves inside of us which are always at war with each other. One of them is a good wolf which represents things like kindness, bravery, and love. The other is a bad wolf which represents things like greed, hatred, and fear. The grandson stops and thinks about it for a second, then he looks up to his grandfather and says, Grandfather, which one wins? The grandfather quietly replies, the one you feed. And even hearing that parable alone really helped me by just cutting out the, you know, some of the negative voices in my, in my head and uh, really encouraging to be more positive about more things. And if I do something good to, to just stop and think about it for a second and, and appreciate a success or, or an accomplishment or even, you know, a beautiful picture I just took or a great podcast. <laughs> Um, another one is Entrepreneurs on Fire with, which is hosted by John Lee Dumas, which is a, a short daily podcast on business. And my favorite takeaway from that one was the acronym for FOCUS, which is Follow One Course Until Success. And following that simple idea has doubled my productivity, but uh, it also reduced the amount that I would beat myself up for not completing tasks, which if you're anything like me is a, a huge change. Uh, next is the Tim Ferriss Show podcast, who is the author, and Tim is the author of the Four Hour Work Week, amongst many others. And his podcast introduced me to the ideas of stoicism and maximizing productivity, and just the overall idea of uh, achieving happiness. I particularly love his readings of Seneca and Marcus Aurelius, which really helped me kind of get rid of this. Feeling of, of of fear of missing out, basically the, the fear of having to do everything, and if I don't do this now, and you know, and and there's always another something more to be chased. There's always some, another goal to get when when to to try to achieve satisfaction with where you are and and what you have just leads to you to being much more productive in in other areas. Oh, and then there was a, another great episode. Uh, Number 166, How Creatives Should Negotiate, which is hosted by uh, Ramit Sethi, which is, uh, which is especially, especially helpful. Also check out his episodes with Naval Ravikant and Kevin Kelly. But my real podcast hero is Jordan and the Art of Charm. And some recent episodes I highly recommend are number 526, Grow Your Grit with Angela Duckworth, who is Professor of Psychology at the University of Phoenix, and that is basically how to, to obviously grow your grit and your perseverance. And, and one of the things, especially in creative industries, that's so important is perseverance. Uh, number 522, Wait But Why, with Tim Urban, which uh, tells us how to build good patterns for defeating chronic procrastination. And if you're a freelance or working from home, this is the episode for you. Even if you don't have chronic procrastination, which I kind of think I do, it really helps you to put certain practices in place which will help you overcome any procrastination you might have. And I know that if you work from home that this is a constant battle. Episode 521, Extreme Ownership with Navy SEAL Jocko Willink. Uh, and 519, Ego is the Enemy, with Ryan Holiday. And I kind of thought that these were almost like two sides of the same coin, as Ego 
often stops us from taking full responsibility for our lives. And it's only through this idea of taking full responsibility that we can really reach full potential and full productivity and, and really grow in our lives and careers. Number 460, Stephen Mansfield, Building a Band of Brothers. This one always reminds me of the five chimps theory, that you're the average of the five people you, you spend your, your time, your, most of your time with. So it's really important to have a, a crew that you check in with and they check in with you, keeping you, all, keeping you accountable, but also you holding them to account. Uh, episode 423, Hack Your Inner Genius with Judah Pollock. This deals with, with the imposter syndrome, which I've spoken to of a few times, and the default mode network, which I've mentioned several times before, and how to make it work for you. Uh, episode 395, Olivia Fox, Cobain, The Science of Creativity and Genius. This also deals with the default mode network and how to optimize it and, and how to actually use it. You know those little eureka moments you get in the shower? Default mode network. And finally, episode 317, Next Level Networking with uh, Jason Guinard. Uh, definitely worth a listen. So in that spirit of doing things that appear not to benefit you, I'm recommending that you listen to other podcasts. But I know you'll come back to mind and continue with this journey as I try to put into practice all that I've learned in the last year from these new podcasts and, and really listening and opening myself up to learning again, which, which, which I guess, putting aside ego, I, I did just close down and, and I thought that I'd done enough in my career to continue and, and I'd have achieved a certain level of success and, and uh, a, a, you know, a certain skill level to, to just happily continue in my career and take good pictures. But in reality, I needed to go back and, and rediscover what it was that I did and, and what it was that, uh, that really made me a creative person and get to like what I did again. And, and it's through all these podcasts that I believe that that actually happened. And, and I was on the verge of, of, of throwing in the towel and, 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 and giving up. And that was after the, the triple whammy of a, a relationship going bad, uh, losing a big client, and, and you know, the, the industry restructuring in a very short time. But it's through these podcasts, it's also not only helped me to get to know my own work again and be more creative and, and to be honest, take some of my favorite photos I've taken in a long time in the last six months. But it's also opened me up to, to other opportunities. Uh, I'm, I'm working with other people, I'm working on other things, uh, I'm expanding my repertoire and, and realizing that, uh, that I'm... I'm not just good at photography, but I'm a creative person. Um, and and relearning that was was such a, a def, you know a, a defining moment in 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 my life, and and has given me the confidence to to go on and start new projects like that EOFM, and and expand my repertoire and what I do, start to write, start to, you know, also helping out, um, working with uh, Johnny Green, uh, one of uh, uh, one of our first guests and, and a great friend of mine, and just helping with the creative process that, that he does and, and what little I can contribute. Just the process of, of, of thinking about things from a different angle and um, it really has been an enjoyable process. So 
you know, times are tough. Things are different. Things change, but you you can always learn and and, and being and being open to the idea that you don't know any, everything. You know, letting go of that ego and thinking that that you know you, you've done the work. What more do I need to know now? And so yeah, and so it's through all these podcasts that 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 I feel I'm now equipped to take on uh, an industry and a world that is changing so rapidly that they probably won't even be you know you won't even need to drive a car in five years' time. So with that in mind, take a look at your work, take a look at what you do. Keep going. Use the new technologies. Don't don't feel that like that they're taking things away from you, as I once did. Use it to to build an audience. You know, things are changing, but it's so easy to change with it. There is so much information available now. There are so many podcasts. If you think of a think of a top up topic, there's a podcast out there for you. Listen and learn. The, these long form interviews have so much information in them, so much so much you can glean from every episode. So just get out there, find a podcast that that that, that suits you, and and listen and learn and change and and keep going because because it's a long life. You know, and as a, as a freelance, it, it's a it's a roller coaster. There's ups and there's downs, and, and but you know, I've been taking pictures for 25 years, and I will continue taking pictures for the rest of my life. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to work on other projects, come up with new projects. Uh, but photography will always be a part of me, and I will continue to do it, and I love doing it. And I guess the message here is that the world is changing rapidly and it will be changing faster and faster and faster, but you can change with it. You can find the new technology that will, 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 will bring your work to the world. You know, you know, there are no gatekeepers anymore. Build your audience, make good art and, and share it with the world. And lastly, I'd like to recommend an app that has been my gateway to meditation and mindfulness. Before I started this journey of positivity and productivity, my mind was essentially a constant three-ring circus, with one of the rings dedicated to the most negative thoughts my mind could come up with. But now, after about 40 sessions done, as often as I can, preferably just before I sit down at my desk, the circus is still there, but it is a lot more boring and a lot easier to ignore. So check out the Headspace app. It has a free intro of 10 10-minute 10 sessions, and it seems that about 80% of high performers practice some sort of meditation technique. So if you, if you haven't tried it, give Headspace a go. You can find a link to it at the brand new Daddyo FM website at daddyofm.com, which I finally launched yesterday, something I've been putting off for ages. But in one day, with Squarespace, it was up and running, so no excuse. If you haven't got one, yours up and running, put aside a full day and you will get it done. You'll find the link in the resources section for Headspace at daddyofm.com where I will post any useful apps, podcasts, and anything that will help to grow your creative business. So please check out daddyofm.com where you will find all the past episodes. Get on board the pirate ship and build a pirate ship of your own. You are a special
I'll continue to bring great stories of people's careers and their processes from the creative industries, but I also want to bring actionable advice that you can put into practice yourselves. And I hope with each guest that comes on that I will ask the questions that, that you will want to ask, that, that, you know, that, that my curiosity of my guests and, and my interest in, in their career and how they work will, will lead to, to, you know, just even a nugget of, of advice that might help you. So make sure you subscribe to The Art of Charm. And if you liked the episode, make sure you tweet Jordan. Let him know that you heard him on Daddy OFM. You can find him on Twitter at The Art of Charm. Follow me on Instagram at jbrooklil. Check out the Daddy OFM Facebook page where I will endeavor to link to as much as I can to from today's show. Don't forget our new website, daddyofm.com. Please tell your friends about Daddy OFM, and if you haven't already, rate and review us on iTunes. It really, really helps to grow the show. Now, I know that the Stones didn't have two podcasters in mind when they wrote this song, but my default mode network won't shut up, so I'm trusting my gut. This is the Rolling Stones with Emotional Rescue. Daddy O out. Shut up.